Hi guys, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset. And I'm here to talk to you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, boxing, golf, and my personal favorite, MMA. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events like UFC 276 this weekend. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space, ready to share with you guys a little bit more food for thought, a great mindset for the week, and uh, pretty cool happening in my school this past week. So we'll start with that. This past week, um, it was Wednesday as a matter of fact, I'm teaching one of my beginner classes for my, my 9 to 13 year olds, we refer to them as tigers. So I'm teaching that age group beginner class. I had just put the kids on the spots and we are like moments from starting. Like we, we are ready to go pretty much. And we just, just started. And as we start, I happen to notice, because I'm vigilant that way, <laughs> call, call it self-defense mindset or, or whatnot, but uh, I tend to notice things like this, someone walking by my, my uh, my storefront. So I, I notice a gentleman walking up past my storefront. And as he's walking, my first thought is, man, that dude's in pretty good shape. He's pretty jacked up. And uh, then I see he reaches for the door handle. And I'm like, huh. Turns the corner. And I notice it is, I see right then as the man turns, faces me and bows as he walks in the door. It's one of my black belts, one of my first ever students from when I opened my school. Uh, Senpai Stephen Craft. Senpai is a title we use for black belts who continue their training. And Stephen certainly is a black belt like that. So nonetheless, I see him. My face lights up. Uh, now, what makes Stephen Craft unique among black belts, not just his skills, not just his dedication, all that. I think most black belts have all of that. But uh, he is an active U.S. Marine, and he is currently stationed uh, in a camp in California. I'm not sure if he wants me to tell everybody where, so I'll just leave it with that. Um, but nonetheless, that's where he's currently stationed, as an active Marine. And um, it's telling me quite a bit about his assignment there and so forth. But nonetheless, uh, back to the moment, and then we'll get to, to my, my continuing revisiting with him. Um, I, I'm stunned, obviously, you know, because I know that he's out in California. And seeing him walk in the door, I know there was no hiding what was going on on my face. So I had to acknowledge to the kids and to their parents who this man is that just walked in the door. Uh, that um, stunned me, so to speak. And uh, so I, I stopped the class. I turned the kids around. This is one of my black belts. And I introduce him. You know, I tell him not only is he a black belt, but an active member of our armed forces. Um, so I went over. I gave him a big hug. Um, and he stayed and watched the whole class. And 
it was really nice to have him watching. But I, I also uh, made a point because, you know, he threw me off my game a little bit and I don't want to say embarrassed me, but, you know, put me in a situation that wasn't perfect. So I figured, you know what, let me make this guy blush a little bit. I have still the video that his father made the day that he got it for the day that he got his black belt and it starts all the way from when Steven was in the preschoolers program uh, as a little little four-year-old uh, all the way continuing his training uh, and it culminates one of the last images is the day that I called him to let him know that he passed his black belt test and just the adulation, the jumping up and down. The, the, there is no, no greater moment of raw emotion than what is captured in this particular photograph. And his father set it to wonderful music, and the photo effects are great. And his dad did a really wonderful job with it. And of course, I haven't let it go anywhere. It's <laughs> still a very big part of... Um, of uh, it's a great memory for me, so I hold on to it. I won't let it go anywhere. So, of course, still had it saved in my Google Drive, and uh, I played it for the whole lobby on the TV in the lobby, and uh, you know, parents are watching it enthralled, and I see a couple parents like tear up and cry as they see this, you know, this kid go from little boy to this man that is standing in, in front of them, and um, you know, they, they call big round of applause at the end of the uh, at the end of the little, the little video, which I know sounds cliche, but it actually happened. And then, um, then it ended uh, where I, I acknowledged again that he was an active U.S. Marine and you know, thanked him for service. And again, everybody applauded for him. Kids were going up and oh, so nice to meet you. There were some kids in the class that had been around when he got his black belt, and he. Um, he asked me after that class about like, you know, can I come in tomorrow and train? I said, of course you can come in and train. So uh, his class started at, at 7. He showed up at the school about 5 o'clock and he was with us all day. And uh, a bunch of the kids, like, they were there. You know, that next day I had more advanced kids, kids who had been in the school for several years. So many of them were there the day that he got his black belt. They were there for his big promotion and everything. And it was so cool to see them look up at him and be like, oh, oh, wow. Like, like you know, almost like he was a celebrity, which was really cool to see. And he came and he trained. And it's always nice to see how his skills stick with him. Because obviously, he's a Marine. He's actively training. Uh, I think he's probably in even better shape now than when he left. Because um, when you're on base, there's not too much to do. <laughs> so he, uh, he says, hey, yeah, I go to the gym like three times a day. Because he's got, he's, uh, you know, he's got some work to do, but he's got all this time to kill. And uh, where he's stationed in California, gas prices are very expensive. So he's like, why am I going to drive places off base? I'll just go to the gym a bunch and, and eat up my time that way. But nonetheless, so comes, uh, helps out with the classes. I play the video again uh, for the kids' beginner class, the little kids' beginner class, so they can see who this big man is that's helping them. And uh, no applause this time, but still just awesome to see the, the awe in the kids' faces and, and one of the little kids was dancing to the music that, uh, <laughs> that Steven's dad put on the video. But it was just cool for kids to see that they could start as little as they are and they could take martial arts for their whole life. So it was a really cool moment and awesome surprise. And, you know, one thing that I'm always blown away with every time that he comes home to visit, and uh, he tells me all the time, and it always warms my heart when he says it, 
that um, he goes home to see his parents and the very next place he goes is to see me, which is uh, such an awesome feeling. But I, I, as awesome as it is for me, what I'm always blown away with is how this kid who grew up in my school, literally I watched this, this kid go from a kid to a man. And he was, you know, a silly kid sometimes. And like every kid, he was a pain in the butt occasionally. And he went from, you know, a silly kid, pain in the butt kid, you know, to moody teenager like all teenagers. And then uh, he went, became a man. And he's gone from, you know, silly kid to good man to great Marine. And every time I just see what a better man he's coming back and what a better Marine he's coming back. Um, still so disciplined still such a good heart still very good at martial arts he kind of encapsulates what a lifetime of martial arts does for a person in my opinion but just an awesome moment that i wanted to share with you guys and in hindsight i realized that after uh after the fact that i should have said oh, i should have grabbed him for an interview for for an episode that would have been cool but next time he's home we'll do that but uh it, one of the things that struck me is as we were watching that video again and again, you saw so many familiar faces in those, in the pictures of him throughout the years. You know, pictures of him training, pictures of him at tournaments, pictures of him at the black belt tests and so forth. And what I was struck by is how his tribe was there all the time. He had those same kids that he was surrounded with for his entire journey. And that's so cool. And uh, it, it resonated with me, again, with uh, a, you know, a, a book that I'm currently reading. There was something that was talked about that I've always known to be true from my experience, but it, was, it rang home even more truly after going through the videos of, of Stephen throughout the years and so forth. And it, it's something that they know in psychology, that if in an effort, to try to bring somebody up, right? They have, you know, the student in school who's negative, who's, uh, for lack of a better word, the quote-unquote bad kid. The kid doesn't behave well, doesn't pay attention well, is disruptive, doesn't apply himself. Not a kid who doesn't learn as quickly as the other kids. The, the kid who is not as disciplined, we'll go with that word, and not as self-disciplined as the other kids. If in an effort to make him more self-disciplined, you surround him with kids who are, or rather you put him with one other kid, I should say, who is very disciplined. And you hope that the good kid will bring up the quote-unquote bad kid. What happens the vast and overwhelming majority of the time is the opposite. The bad kid tends to drag down the good kid. And we see this over and over and over again, right? If you have a very productive team at your work and uh, you have someone who's not quite pulling their weight and you put that person who's not quite pulling their weight with the great team, the great team doesn't bring them up. He drags the great team down. He becomes the anchor. Which is why it's so important that we think about who we are surrounding ourselves with because down is always easier than up. That's the thing. It's always, it's, th think about it. In the simplest analogy we can wrap our head around, when you're climbing stairs. When you're climbing stairs, think about the effort it takes you to climb four flights of stairs. I'm not saying you're going to be all crazy out of breath, but you feel a little burn in your legs, your legs are working, your core is working, whatever, to get you up those stairs. 
Conversely, go down those stairs. Going down those stairs is so much easier. And that's kind of a basic rule for life, that down is always easier than up. Now, or rather, falling negatively is always easier than climbing positively, right? Now, here's backwards uh, in terms of, of up and down, but gaining bad weight is always easier than losing bad weight. Why, right? Much less effort is put into gaining that bad weight. Much harder to take off that bad weight. Obviously, the number on the scale is going up. We're moving in the negative direction. Nonetheless, we have to think about this when it comes to, to our goals and who we're surrounding ourselves with, right? I don't know about you. I, I know I have people in my circle that there are certain people that you know, you can hear you can hear from them about a great many things, you know, great many things, and the more you hear from those people and a great many things, you know, you you learn you learn to certain subjects you just don't talk with those people about because it's gonna bring negative stuff up, you know, um, like my stepfather, I love him dearly and I can talk to him about a great many things, but I know if things go into a political place, I'm done talking to him. I don't want to. Talk anymore because he gets very impassioned and very heated, very negative, very quickly. Um, and if it's negative, I try not to have time for it, personally. But nonetheless, right, we have people in our circle in, where we know that if we talk about a certain subject, all they want to talk about in that subject are their complaints. And what happens when you are surrounded by a complainer? And, you know, it, it's, I'm not talking about... If you're at work and, you know, you're at a certain level and somebody from a couple of levels below you comes in there, you know, uh, they're griping about something. We know gripes always go up. Thank you, Saving Private Ryan. All right, gripes always go up. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you're with your peers, right? And somebody's complaining about something. Right? What happens so often? We find ourselves more with that person. They're complaining and they're complaining and they're complaining. And then we find ourselves falling into that same trap too. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. X, Y, and Z. And we add on and we start complaining too. I know I've had it happen to me where I find myself with, with that person who's complaining about whatever the thing may be. And I find myself having the, the thought like, ah, oh, they pulled me down. They pulled me down. I'm complaining too. I'm stuck in the same rut as them. And that's so not conducive to progress. Right? Because... Think about it. That person, they want to complain. They want to feel negatively. But what do they really want at the end of the day? They want the solution to their problem. And the solution to their problem doesn't come from just griping about it, right? Now, instead, they're kind of miserable. And by griping, what are they doing? They're making you miserable too. And we all know the old expression, misery loves company. It's why when, you ha when people... Uh, are, are locked into bad circles, meaning they have friends who are bad influences. The most important thing is not take that bad influence and put them with a good influence. Right? That person needs help that a peer can't help them with. The most important thing is to make sure that that negative influence doesn't pull down the person who's being negatively influenced. Right? go to a, a slightly dramatic example, but, but easy to wrap our head around nonetheless. 
if you have someone in your circle, uh, or rather, if you if one is involved in a circle where there's somebody who's involved in drugs and substances and those type of things, it's easy for that person to drag other people down if they let them. Extricating yourself, getting away from that person can be among the most valuable things that you can do. I'm sure you guys, just like me, we all know bunches of people. I'm sure you know people in recovery. I know I know a couple of people who are in recovery for substances. And um, one of the most valuable things for them always is distancing themselves from the negative influences. Now, that's an extreme situation. Not that it's not common, but an extreme situation. However, we all have goals for ourselves. Whether we're talking about martial arts-wise, since obviously this is a martial arts podcast, or if we're talking fitness-wise, or career-wise, or whatever. A dangerous place to be in those pursuits is with someone who's pulling you in a negative direction. Right? I gave you guys the... I've talked about the 90-day challenge, I should say, quite a few times. And uh, this past year, I had a couple of students of mine, a husband and wife pair, that took the challenge on headlong. And uh, one was the person who wound up winning from my school, a gentleman by the name of Brian. And um, Brian and his wife, Patty, both been training for a little less than a year. But nonetheless, um, they took the 90-day challenge head-on, and they did everything to the best of their ability. And one of the things that they did was, when I say party scene, I mean like you know football parties and that kind of stuff. So these guys were, you know, they they had their party friends, their friends that you know everybody would go out to dinner on a Saturday night, and you know I'm not talking about going off the deep end, but you know you eat bad food, you drink bad drinks, and you have an enormity of it because you're in the social situation. So I forget what comedian I heard do a bit on this one time. And he said, you know, the worst thing you can do when you're eating is be on the phone. Because if you're on the phone, you start picking at your food. You don't even notice that you're picking at your food. You just do it because you want it. Right? You made the food and then the phone rang so you pick it up. And now you're eating the food, you're eating the food, you're eating the food. And then you hang up the call and you realize the food is gone. And you've gotten no enjoyment from it whatsoever because you were too busy thinking about the phone call. Similarly, when you're in one of those social situations, you're at one of those parties and you're eating the bad food because it's there in front of you. You're drinking the bad drinks because they're there in front of you. And then a couple hours goes by and you don't even have a comprehension as to how much bad food you've consumed. So one of the things that Brian and Patty did is they extricated themselves from the people that they knew were going to be more negative influences in, in their social situation. Right? The people who were going to be egging them on, oh, just have a little bit of this. Because they knew a little bit was a gateway to a lot of it. And as a result, they both got in way, way better shape. But nonetheless, that is a perfect example of pulling yourself away. Right? Again, we have some people in our schools, uh, I know I have in my school, where one person is super into their fitness. They're super into their training. And their significant other at home doesn't train, um, you know, d- doesn't have the same fitness-based mindset. And maybe that person who doesn't have the fitness-based mindset is occasionally making the dinner plans or what's, uh, whatever. 
And sometimes that can be detrimental. It's moving them in the wrong direction. Now, obviously, I'm not saying distance yourself from your spouse, but maybe find a way to distance yourself from that <laughs> dinner situation. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to meal prep for myself. Or you take that over so they can't pull you in the wrong direction. But what we can't discount either is this psychologically. All right. Now, I, I've spoken to you guys about this idea before. And it's important, which is why I'll bring it back up. The idea that we all have those friends who, when you see their name on your caller ID, you always sigh. Oh, man. And for some of us and some of those friends, it's do I have time for this phone call? I know if Sensei Joe Curran calls me, I better have 90 minutes. If I don't have 90 minutes, good luck. Right? Uh, Tiger Shulman could be the same way. Sometimes I have them wear that. But then there's those other friends that you see their name on your caller ID and you're like, oh, do I have the energy for this? But why do you need the energy? Because you know they're going to beat you over the head with negativity. And you're going to, you're going to leave the conversation feeling down. So being aware of who those people are is a super, super, super important thing. But also acknowledging the fact that person can bring us down. And we have to know how to be able to steer those people. Right, if I'm if I'm one of my friends, like I mentioned, my stepfather before, that anything political sets him off. If I feel the, the conversation going there, I change the subject real quick, because it's my family. I'm not going to extricate myself from him, but I'm going to extricate myself from the situation of having to talk about all the negativity with him, because we know those people who can get us to those negative places. And sure, you might love that person so much, and they might be so close to you that, of course, you're not going to separate from them. But don't let them pull you down. Down's always easier than up. And then magically, you're like, why? Eight hours later, you're like, why am I still in such a bad mood? It's because of that person. Right? You let them pull you down. Right? If you know where they want to pull you, if you know the direction they want to take you, if you know the subjects that are going to make them feel or, or talk or pull you in that kind of way, psychologically, steer it a different way. Right? Avoid that situation entirely. Right? Take that person and talk about the happy things, the positive things in your life. Right? Maybe, maybe you you will be uh, you won't be able to pull them up, but at least they won't be able to pull you down either. And then take that same mentality to your goals as well. Right? The person who's negative and complaining, keep your distance from them. The person who's pulling you away from your health or fitness goals, right? okay. Maybe, maybe don't put yourselves in situations with them where they can affect your health and fitness goals. Maybe not the person, but the situation might be the thing you want to avoid. But just a good f bit of food for thought that the people we surround ourselves, we know, we talked a few weeks ago about how important your tribe is and how important your village is. Now, there are people in your village who everything isn't always going to work out perfectly. Maybe they might be that person who's a little negative. Okay, identify them and just know what situations we want to stay away from a little bit. To that end, my friends, that is all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sensei underscore leonelli. Uh, on Facebook, I'm sensei james leonelli. You can find my school online at tsksmithtown.com. You can find us at face on Facebook <clears throat> at facebook.com slash tigershulmansmithtown. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TSMMA underscore Smithtown. 
You can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Sensei's Weekly Mindset. You can see all the places that, uh, that I'm involved with on my link tree, linktr.ee slash Sensei Leonelli. Uh, and that is all I have for you guys. As always, please make sure you subscribe, get your new episodes every Wednesday. Make sure that you guys leave a rate and review. It just helps. And share the podcast, please. I love seeing those numbers go up. Thank you. As always, my friends, invest in yourselves. Until next time, I'll see you guys on the mat.